Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. So for this week's episode, I wanted to talk about another Shutter original or Shutter exclusive, however you want to put it, and that would be 2019's The Beach House. Alright, so before we get too far into the episode, I will recommend you go ahead and watch it first and then come back to give a listen to this because I'm going to probably get into some spoilers and I would hate to ruin this one for anybody because it was actually pretty entertaining. So if you want to know simply if I thought it was good, yeah, I thought it was a pretty good movie and was somewhat surprising. But anyway, spoiler warning there and... Well, I think we should get into the episode completely. The Beach House, at its simplest description of the plot, is Emily and Randall are having some issues. Their lives seem to be going in different directions, so Randall decides that they should have a romantic getaway at his father's beach house. Considering Randall no longer talks to his father... Both Randall and Emily had no idea that the beach house was currently being inhabited by family friends Mitch and Jane. Mitch and Jane convince Emily and Randall to stay at the beach house with them and that neither one would intrude on each other. And later that evening, they had a dinner. That dinner leads to all of them taking some marijuana-infused edibles, and after that, it seems like everything spirals out of control. I think one of the more interesting things about this movie is the fact that it's suggested that possibly the weird things that everybody's experiencing and seeing might be because of the, uh, the edibles. It appears to be THC-infused chocolate. And in the movie, after they take that, it seems like everything goes wrong. However, it is established that very early, like in the very beginning of the movie, it's shown that the deepest depths of the ocean, that there is something that's getting unleashed, and we're not really quite sure what it is. In the movie itself, it shows itself as fog, so they're actually, I guess, organisms in this fog, and also it shows some bioluminescence as far as changing people and basically killing them. It does have some very similar elements to the movie Color Out of Space and or the actual story Color Out of Space. And I'm kind of getting with that as far as the personality changes within the characters themselves and also the changes that everybody experiences physically. So there is some of that body horror element that was in Color Out of Space and it's kind of interesting too that these movies were released around the same time with only a couple months of each other and also that they probably were in production at about the same time too so it's kind of fascinating because they are different but yet they do share a lot of the same beats i personally am okay with that i actually enjoyed both movies and i think that they both can coexist because they are somewhat radically different as much as they are the same. It's just fascinating to me that they would use almost the same source material. One used the source material officially and the other unofficially. As for the movie itself, I think this was actually a really well-made low-budget horror film. It's one of those that the director really had a firm grasp on what he wanted to do 
and also were treated to some very weird moments as far as some of the, the trippier moments in the movie. I thought it was actually really cool with some of the visuals, such as when Emily is, I guess, at the peak of her high. It shows a blue and red, almost a anaglyph 3D um, in a way to provide a stereoscopic effect, but we're obviously not going to have the glasses, but it's actually really weird too because the image distorts further and it kind of blends seamlessly and I'm not sure if it was done, I'm sure it was done with After Effects as far as uh, completing that stuff, but it does look like it was filmed with two different cameras and also it's pretty seamless so it's very impressive for a low budget movie to provide a little bit of visual flair like that. So in addition to some strong direction we actually get some pretty strong special effects here too. I think a lot of the special effects look great. I was not expecting the movie to go into the body horror category which of course Color Out of Space went into that realm. And also you have some other films such as the works of David Cronenberg that probably did it the best out of many of them. But here some of the stuff is actually interesting. I think if anybody is grossed out by someone eating raw oysters, I think this one here would definitely be one to not change your opinion on that. Because when Randall eats that raw oyster, there is a moment later in the movie where it seems like he... I guess grows a little humanoid like thing out of him that he throws up and it's actually a pretty nasty scene and then when we see almost that it looks like it came to completion later it's handled very well as far as the special effects and again for a relatively low budget movie I'm assuming low budget I don't know the exact budget on this one but it's impressive what they were able to pull off. I did like the little references to the fog as far as hearing somebody on the radio talking about, the, uh, about what's going on. And not only that, the mist itself. I think it was actually a very cool idea. The fact that these organisms are kind of traveling through the mist and they're going to reclaim the world essentially and it's a fascinating idea that it would be a simple organism that would take over as opposed to us which are far more complex and intelligent and we would be the ones to die out it seems that it's suggested in this movie that this whole thing is going to happen on a global scale and i read a little bit about this movie and i guess it's mostly about how global warming would allow some of these things to break down in the depths of the ocean because of our climate change. And if you think about it there, it actually has a little bit of, I guess, truth to it. We have no idea as far as what would be at the actual depths of the ocean. And as far as that goes, I mean, who knows what could get unleashed there at that point. I mean, granted, I don't think it would actually happen the way it happened in this movie because after all, this is a horror movie and it's meant to scare us or make us uncomfortable. However, I think it does have a little bit of truth that there may be some things that happen 
And it'll all be because of the ever-changing world and how we treated the world. Surprisingly, this one has some fairly strong acting across the board. I think this actually has better acting than what the movie actually required. I did feel a little bit of sympathy for the character of Mitch and how he was experiencing losing his wife. I'm assuming she has cancer or some other issue where she's probably not going to make it. And spoiler alert here, I mean, she doesn't make it. But what I'm saying too is that with the way he said that he sees somebody watching them change right before their very eyes and he goes into the ocean and winds up vanishing and that's almost the way that it would be with somebody with their dying of some disease that we can't see and later Emily experiences this with Randall and it's interesting because he's foreshadowing there and I think it's actually some really good writing Uh, The character of Mitch was played by Pete Weber, who I have not really seen a lot of things with him in. However, I did think that he was good in the movie Dawn of the Dead. Of course, that is the 2004 remake that was written by James Gunn and directed by Zack Snyder. So yes, I would definitely recommend this movie. It doesn't really break new ground, but it really does do enough to separate itself from the movies that is mimicking. It does borrow from a lot of other horror films. But at the same time, it does make itself its own original thing. And surprisingly, everything about the movie works, in my opinion. I did see some reviews on IMDb from people, and it looks like they're not really taking too kind to this movie. A lot of the viewers saying it's boring and this and that, and it's low budget and awful. Um, But it's actually better than some of the other productions from Shudder on the Shudder service and I know that Shudder just buys movies but I really do think that this is one worth checking out and at the end of the day the only thing that you have to lose is your time so if you have a free 87 minutes go ahead and check this one out it's kind of a breezy watch and it's pretty entertaining at the same time But with that being said, I think I'm going to close out this episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you do not do the whole social media thing, you can also shoot me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. I do take some suggestions or requests and, well, I will do my best to accommodate that. You can also check me out at adamanalyzes.com. There you can catch up on some past episodes. And if you're enjoying my podcast, uh, if you would, please leave me a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. I do uh, appreciate those digital hugs, and it'll allow me to continue making these for you and reach new listeners. But with that being said, be kind and good night.